Our first scripture reading this morning is Psalm 8. Listen now to the Word of God. O Lord our God, how majestic is your name in all of the earth. You have set your glory above the heavens. From the lips of children and infants you have ordained praise. Because of your enemies to silence the foe and the avenger. When I consider your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have set in place, what is man that you are mindful of him? The son of man that you care for him. You made him a little lower than the heavenly beings and crowned him with glory and honor. You made him ruler over the works of your hands. You put everything under his feet. All flocks and herds and the beasts of the field, the birds of the air and the fish of the sea, all that swim the paths of the sea. O Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all of the earth. Our gospel reading this morning is from Matthew chapter 28, verses 16 through 20. Hear again the word of God. Then the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always, to the very end of the age. The grass withers, and the flower fades, but the word of God remains forever. Amen. See how many of these you recognize. Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, God in three persons, blessed Trinity. That's an easy one. That was our opening hymn this morning. I believe in God the Father Almighty and in Jesus Christ, His only Son, our Lord. I believe in the Holy Ghost. Glory be to the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. I'm guessing you knew them all. It is with these phrases that we sing, confess our faith, baptize our children, pray, and are charged and sent out into the world. They all express our belief in the Trinity one of the foundations of our belief, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. It is no accident that the Trinity has such an important place in our worship. It's the Christian answer to the question of who God is. It's the answer that distinguishes our Christian understanding of God from that of other religions. 
Today we celebrate Trinity Sunday. While it may not be as well known as the other designated Sundays, it is celebrated on the Sunday after Pentecost. And unlike other observances in the church's liturgical calendar, Trinity Sunday is different because it centers on a doctrine of the church rather than an event. With Advent and Christmas, we have the time leading up to and the birth of Jesus. Lent and Easter guide us through the journey to Jesus' death and resurrection. And Pentecost recognizes the coming of the Holy Spirit. Trinity Sunday celebrates the nature and offers praise of the one eternal God. It is a fitting conclusion to the first half of the Christian year. Now we recognize it as a special Sunday today, but we could say every Sunday is Trinity Sunday. It was on the first day of the week that God began creation. Jesus rose from the dead and the Spirit descended upon the church. Trinity Sunday gives us an opportunity to look at one of the most difficult things of the Christian faith. The concept of one God in three persons. Augustine, who wrote a long book about it, said that he spoke of it only to not keep silent. He used the example of a tree. The root is wood. The trunk is wood. The branches are wood. One wood, one substance, but three different entities. That might be a simplification of the doctrine, but it's what he finally came up with. The theologian Karl Barth wrote, when we have said what is meant by Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we must continue and say we have said nothing. And John Wesley and trying to offer an explanation, said, bring me a worm that can comprehend a man, and then I will show you a man that can comprehend the triune God. <laughs> Consider this. What would you say if someone asked you about the doctrine of the Trinity? If someone said, how can you put three persons together and get one or divide one person into three parts and still have one? Would you stumble through an explanation and finally conclude by saying, it's a mystery no one can understand. You just have to accept it on faith. <laughs> the concept of one God in three persons is a difficult thing to understand then why, if it is so hard to understand, do we bother with it at all? Why do we have a special day in the Christian year to celebrate something that we don't understand? The Bible does not teach the doctrine of the Trinity. The word Trinity in the phrases one and three and three and one can't be found in the Bible. But the church did not simply invent the doctrine. There are roots of the doctrine in the Bible which the early church used to convey 
its idea of God. At the forefront of the Trinity is the belief in one God. In Deuteronomy 6.4 it says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. That was the creed, the Apostles' Creed, whatever you want to call it, of ancient Israel. They recited it every day of their lives from their early childhood. It expressed a confession of faith in a time when most people believed in many gods. To them, there was only one God, but the God of Israel. When Jesus was asked, what was the first and greatest commandment? He repeated the creed of Israel. Hear, O Israel, the Lord is one, and you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. The New Testament writers continued with the same thing. There is no God but one, and there is one God and Father of us all. Our Christian faith stands on this belief. There is but one God. But who is this one God? In our Christian faith, there is God the Father and Creator, but then we have God the Son, Jesus. Now regarding Jesus, the early Christians didn't say directly that Jesus is God or God is Jesus. They only said that Jesus does what only God can do. He's a man who acts like God, who does God's work, who speaks with authority. He forgives sin and, and speaks of his coming as the coming of the kingdom of God. No wonder the Pharisees accused him of blasphemy. He claimed to do what only God can do. It was only later that the disciples began to mention Jesus and God in one breath. In John, we hear the words, the Word was with God and the Word was God. Thomas said to him, my Lord and my God. And Jesus said it himself. I and the Father are one. He who has seen me has seen the Father. Jesus is just not a man sent from God. He is God. But there's an obvious problem here. There is only one God. How can there be a creator and father up in heaven and one down here on earth, the Son? Isn't that two gods? That's the problem which forced the early church to, to uh, formulate the doctrine of the Trinity. Now that task and how they did it is a study unto itself and we don't have time to even scratch the surface of it in our brief time this morning. And I wouldn't want to. But then the same problem arises when we see what the New Testament says about the Holy Spirit. The third person of the Trinity. In our faith, we place the Holy Spirit in the same standing with God the Father and God the Son. Our belief is that there 
is the God who is over us as God the Father, the God who is for us and with us as God the Son, and the God who dwells in us as God the Holy Spirit. So we do, do we now have three gods? The early church again addressed this issue and the doctrine of the Trinity was the result. It wasn't an easy doctrine to nail down. There's a lot of mystery that surrounds the persons and persons of God. The foundation, however, goes back to the ancient creed. The Lord our God is one Lord. The, the Bible does speak of the one God who makes himself known and acts in three ways. The church slowly worked out the doctrine of the Trinity, and it is the bedrock of our faith, and we celebrate this mystery this morning. One of the few instances in Scripture where the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit are mentioned in the same sentence is in this morning's reading from Mark. It has been called the Great Commission. It's where Jesus meets with the disciples after his resurrection and sends them out to carry on his message and teachings. His charge to them is to go out into the world and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. The risen Christ sends his followers out to teach new disciples everything that Jesus had commanded. That call and sending rings true for us today. As modern day disciples of Jesus, it's our obligation to carry on the Great Commission. We as disciples are students, and students are like interns. Interns are watching, practicing under supervision, asking questions, making mistakes, and learning from them. We are these students, but we can't make ourselves or anyone else a student of Christ without the work of the Holy Spirit. And the work of the Holy Spirit is dependent upon what, who, and what Jesus was and is. And Jesus keeps pointing to the Father. So there lies the power. It is the Trinity, the fullness of God, to which we're attached and how we can go forward with our commission. We may still be hesitant and uncertain of our abilities, but Jesus concludes the commission by promising, I am with you always to the very end of the age. The spirit of the risen Christ goes with us so we can confidently go forth to serve following Jesus' greatest commandment. Love God. Love neighbors. Love all living things. Why do we need Trinity Sunday? It doesn't hold a candle to Christmas or Easter. It doesn't get a lot of press. Maybe because that is, it's so confusing and we really don't know how to talk about it. Maybe it should be a bigger deal. 
It sits there on the church calendar offering us the entire being of God in a relationship that we don't deserve but can celebrate having. It's a day to celebrate the one to whom we belong in life and in death. And that is something worth celebrating and sharing with those around us. Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, God in three persons, blessed Trinity. Amen. Amen.